and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teachers Life podcast, the podcast for teachers and parents who are helping young readers and writers thrive. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus. This is episode 10, which is airing at the end of February. So for those of you in the northeastern part of the United States, like me, Hopefully, the weather is getting a little bit warmer and winter is coming to an end, hopefully. So beginning at the end of January, part of my job and one of my responsibilities coordinating the graduate literacy program at SUNY Old Westbury is running a literacy clinic. And the literacy clinic is for my graduate students who are earning their literacy um, specialist certifications they need to work with kids in pre-K through grade 12 on reading and writing. So in order to fulfill this requirement for the state to earn their certification, we do this the last semester that they're in the program where kids who are four and up come in and the students work with them on reading and writing and how they can support their reading and writing and everything's very tailored to what the kids need. The graduate students learn about the children during the first week, and then they assess the students, and then they plan this instruction that both aligns with their interests and builds on their strengths, but also supports areas that they need more more help with for reading and writing. So the lessons that the graduate students prepare are very tailored to the kids that they're working with. And I love running the literacy clinic because I'm able to observe so many different students who are coming from many different schools and school districts and really see what's working for the kids and the teachers in terms of instruction and also observe what's not working so well and how what's not working can be modified. It also allows me to see the reactions that the kids have, that the pre-K through 12th grade kids have to the lessons and then help the teachers refine them in the next coming weeks. So I thought because this literacy clinic has begun and I'm able to observe all these students and observe the lessons that my graduate students are teaching, I thought I'd switch it up a little bit for today. So I'm actually going to share some of my observations from the literacy clinic specifically connected to writing. And then for the rest of the episode, I'll talk about a few more strategies to get kids writing and also touch upon ways that writing can be assessed in the classroom. So here we go. So to begin, I'm just going to share some of my observations about the students and writing that I'm observing each week in this literacy clinic. So the big thing that stood out to me is that kids really do like to write. And this stood out more this year than in previous years. And What I've noticed from speaking to the kids and from observing them during their lessons is they really do like to write, but they just might not like the writing that they're doing in school. 
So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So there is a fifth grade student that one of the graduate students is working with. We've worked with her for a couple of years now. And each year she comes in and she says that she doesn't enjoy writing. But she actually is very good at it. She'll say she's not strong with it. She doesn't like it. It's not one of her strengths. And it's just a chore that she has to do during school. So last year, she worked with one of the graduate students. She created a couple of books that were connected to stories that she wanted to tell. One was more of a creative story, and another one was more of a nonfiction story. And she created books with them, and she was very engaged with it. This year, she came back in and she said that she doesn't enjoy writing, that she's really not interested in what she's writing in school. But then she was really eager to do the writing work with the graduate student. So one thing that from the first week the graduate student learned is that this student really loves boba tea. So because of that, the graduate student created an entire literacy center around the student's writing recipes on how to make boba tea and then actually going through and seeing if their directions for the recipe were correct in making it. And to do this, she gave her student directions to write out the different flavors that they could make with the boba tea. So like a menu that they could choose from. And she did this on her own. The graduate student got her started with this, but then she took the initiative and did it at home. And it was so well done. The other students applauded when she brought it in. It was very clear and easy to read. When she went to go back and work with the graduate students, she wanted to go right back into the writing and do more of the writing work. So we had this conversation in class afterwards about, okay, how if if kids come in and say they don't like writing, let's take writing in particular, what do you do? And I think the student, the graduate student, did the right thing. She learned about what the student likes, and she was able to use that to leverage it and have her stand out a little bit with this activity that she created. So really getting at, you know, what are the students interested in and how can that connect to any type of writing work? And it might need to deviate a little bit from the curriculum, but now this student can add this into the more formal writing work that she does with her and keep her interested. So a couple other things that the graduate students have prepared that the kids have really enjoyed A couple of weeks ago, one of the students working with the younger grades, kindergarten, first and second graders, wanted to teach the kids how to write letters. And she did an activity with the post office. So she created a big mailbox. She had a whole activity where the kids could select who they wanted to write a letter to. They wrote letters. They addressed the envelopes. They put stamps on. And then they pretended to mail the letters in this mailbox. And that was really exciting for the kids. They were able to do great writing work as they were writing their letters. This past week was Valentine's Day. So the students, again, in the primary grades, K1 and 2, had the kids write Valentines for somebody and they were able to decorate them and, again, select who they wanted to write the Valentine for. But this all counts as writing work. It might not be formal writing, but it is writing. And it can help get the kids interested and more engaged in the more formal writing to do these more informal activities. And that's what I've noticed, that as the students are planning these more engaging lessons, they're more excited about the formal writing work that they're going to do. 
So just something to keep in mind when working with kids who say, yeah, I really don't like to do this. Thinking about how can we get them engaged by doing something that is more engaging and exciting for them and might deviate a little bit from the curriculum. And to continue with this, we talked as a group about different ideas to get kids writing. So I want to share a few ideas with you. I'm going to share five ideas that we all came up with to get kids writing, and I'll share some examples of what they've done with the students during this literacy clinic. So now I'm going to share a few ideas to get the kids writing that I've discussed with my students. I thought I had five ideas. I actually have six. So here we go. The first one is called The Blank Page. And this idea comes from a book called Into Writing by Megan Sloan. And I just love this idea. It's very simple, but so powerful. You give the student a blank piece of paper and ask them to write about anything or anyone that is important to them or that they like, anything they want to share and see what they produce. So the idea is to get the kids drawing first, and it doesn't matter what grade. It can be kindergarten all the way up through fifth grade. They can start by drawing if they prefer to start it with uh, in the upper grades. If they prefer to start with writing, that's completely fine as well. And get them drawing about anything they want to share, and then see if they can add some writing, some text to their illustration and see what they write about. So I did this with my own kids, and my kindergartner drew a picture about she and her friend and what they do during recess at school. And she's done this a couple of times and the different games that they play during recess. And earlier in the year, she would just label, put their initials over the pictures of themselves in the picture. So that was how she started with her writing. And now she's able to write a sentence or two on the page. So you can see progress over time. So when I did this with her in October, she would start with the illustration and then a label. Now she's able to include the illustration, the label, and a few sentences. My students in my writing class did this with some of the kids that they work with. And again, it was really interesting to see what the kids drew and what they wrote about. And they all said to me, we learned a little bit more about what the kids are interested in. But then you get to see the details. One student had such amazing details in the illustration. And I said, now they can add the details into the text they include in their writing. They just need to learn to transfer that. So just an idea to get kids started into writing. And it doesn't take a lot of time. And the payback is quite large. The next idea that this is a very popular one is the heart map. So this is the idea that there is a, you know, what's in your heart. And it's from Georgia Heard. And it's a, a picture of a heart. And then they, again, the kids can draw, they can write, they can do a combination of things that are important to them. I start by modeling this to the kids to show them, okay, what it looks like. And it's something that I come back to over time throughout the year. So they can include their family, their favorite color, activities they like. One of the students in my writing class just shared a heart map that she did with a first grader, and it was great. He included dinosaurs. I believe pizza was in there, a couple TV shows that he likes to watch, Legoland. So she had a lot of information about this child and what he likes 
to do and what he's interested in that now she can help him go to when he has to produce writing. So it's a great starting point for kids. And it's great to see what they're interested in to help you as the teacher build that into their writing. The next activity came from last week's episode with Amy Young. And I made her this activity into a chart where it was something that you saw, something that you heard, drawing something. So I made this into a chart for the students for them to try out. And then they could try it out with the kids that they're working with. And they found this really interesting. And again, you have to model it first to show the kids how to use this. But they were all able to share something that they heard yesterday or that they saw. And then they all drew something different for that piece of it. But it's a really nice way, again, to get kids, get the creative juices flowing, show that they do have ideas about writing and what to include in their writing. And it's, again, a nice starting point. The next activity, this has been very popular with kids. And I feel like it doesn't matter what grade. They really like this. And it's called the roll a story where you get a dice and there's a board And depending on the number that you roll, you include something into the story. And it's more for, you can do this for fiction or something that kids want to write about, but it gets them up. They like to stand up when they roll the dice. My graduate students use the large foam dice with the kids to get them up. They roll it and then it will say, you know, write, include two characters into your story. So then they have to run back and write about their characters. So it's really interactive. It gets the kids up and moving and it's creative. And this has been something that has been so incredibly popular with the kids, regardless of the grade level. So just another activity to share. Another one is how-to writing. And and this is about giving directions. So it's really fun to give directions and kids enjoy it. So this genre of writing gets kids to give directions on how to do something. And one of my students shared that she did this with her class. And she spoke about how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it really teaches the kids to be clear and precise with their language. So they told her that you put the jelly on top of the peanut butter. So when she modeled this, she took the jar of jelly and put it on top of the jar of peanut butter. And they started laughing and said, no, that's not it at all. So you have to scoop out the jelly, put it on top of the bread with peanut butter. It teaches them to be clear with their directions. The great thing about this genre of writing is that the kids can write about anything. They can write about their morning routine. They can write about how to do something on the playground at school, how to make something in the kitchen, how to build something with Legos. So again, your possibilities for writing topics are endless. And the great thing is you can move from the heart map or the blank page when the kids are generating their ideas to this. Oh, you like Legoland. You, you For your how-to writing, you could write about how to do something at Legoland or how to build a Lego. So it really gets the kids to write about their interests. So the final activity I'll share is interviewing a friend. And again, the same student did this activity during clinic where she and her child partner, she's working with a second grader, interviewed each other to get to know one another. And she even made microphones so that they each could hold a microphone during their interview. And this was so effective. She was able to learn so much about the student and the student could learn about her as the teacher. And it taught how to craft a question. 
so that you get a response where you can learn about the person, not just get a yes or a no. And then it brings in the oral language so that you're getting the child speaking afterwards. So this is another one I thought that was great where you could have the kids interview each other, learning about one another in class. So again, just some ideas to get kids writing and to make it fun and interactive. Again, they, these might not connect directly to the curriculum, but these are activities that can easily be added in that can you know keep the kids engaged in writing. So I hope those were helpful for you. For the last segment of this episode, I'll talk about some tips for assessing students' writing. Assessing writing can be a little bit challenging. So in order to make it a little more manageable, I have some ideas for you. So the first one is always start with positive feedback. Find something in the child's product that you can compliment and start with that. Also, when you're giving feedback, unless it's over a computer, I would not use a red pen. I would use a bright colored pen. Blue or green is great to use. I was always taught when I was in graduate school, use green to help with increasing self-esteem. So make sure you're using a colorful pen, not red, and start with something positive. Anything. It can be that you really liked the idea that they wrote about, that you thought their punctuation was great, that they used capitals really well. Something positive. The next thing to keep in mind is keeping mechanical feedback to a minimum. It's really easy when you look at students' writing to go right into the mechanics, the spelling, the grammar, the capitalization. If you correct everything, you're going to overwhelm yourself as the teacher, and you're also going to overwhelm the student, and they may not even read your feedback. So really think about what are you assessing this for? And If there's one mechanical mistake that they're making over and over, let's say, for example, they're not including punctuation, that's the mechanical error to correct in that piece and address that. Then the child's more likely, hopefully, to include that that feedback into the next piece that they produce. So you don't want to just correct every single error. It's not effective. Keep it to a minimum and focus on one, maybe two mechanical issues that you want them to correct over time. So another thing to think about is the idea of process feedback versus product feedback. So process feedback, while the kids are working on their writing pieces, you should be observing them. If you're noticing that one child can get right to work when they're writing, but another child really struggles with this, this is something you can point out to the kids, maybe in a conference or just something to consider in upcoming lessons or units is how to get those kids working. So that's the process, how they are how they are engaging in the writing process. The product feedback is on what they're producing. So you can give feedback on drafts, you can give feedback on then the final product, but thinking about those two things and separating them. Another thing I really like are checklists. Giving the kids checklists before they get into the drafting or the final product so that they know what you're looking for as they complete their writing assignment. So again, you have to teach them how to do this. So if you're giving them a checklist and saying that you want to see their idea developed in the paragraph, showing them how they check this as they're going through their work. And this is a great tool that they can use to self-check and that they can keep track of. Are they including these pieces in their writing? 
Another thing is a rubric, and this is pretty popular with writing is assessing with a rubric. And the rubric shows the kids what you're looking for when you assess their writing. So similar to a checklist, I suggest giving this to them before they start their writing and really going through it with them and saying, look, if you want full credit, I want your idea fully developed. You're going to need this many paragraphs. I want to make sure that you are using capitalization and proper punctuation. So really showing them how you're laying out the grades and how you're going to be assessing them. And then teaching them how they can use the rubric to then check over their work before they submit it. So the checklist and the rubric are two tools that you can use to assess their work. You can give it to the kids in advance so they can use it as they're working on their pieces. And finally, I really like this, is keeping a portfolio for each student. So I like to use just file folders for each child. And not only do I keep the final product, but I like to keep drafts along the way so that I can show the kids, but also show parents, look, I want you to see how much progress your child has made on writing from September until the end of the year. And it doesn't only need to be on a specific writing unit. It can be little pieces you do. So let's say, for instance, you did a blank page with the kids in September, another one in November, maybe another one in January. Keep those so that you can show the progress over time. And it's just a nice way to see growth and see, look, this is an area that you were struggling with at the beginning of the year. And look how much progress you've made with that now at the end of the year. So just some things to consider. Portfolios were very popular when I was in school. I know they've faded a little bit because of all the standardized assessments, but it's a really nice way to monitor growth over time. My daughter's teacher, when she was in first grade, did this, and she actually had a really clever idea. She put all their drafts in pizza boxes, and each child got to decorate the pizza box And then at the end of the year, they came home with the pizza box full of all of their writing work. And I'll take a picture and post this to Instagram so you can see it. I still have this and it's in her closet. And she still looks at her writing work and notices how much her writing has changed now that she's in second grade. So again, just something to think about how you can organize the material. I wasn't that creative to use the pizza box, but I thought it was a really nice idea. So before we end, I want to end on a positive note. And I just want to share that the amazing literacy centers that my graduate students have prepared for the kids in the literacy clinic each week. And literacy centers are hands-on activities that are all literacy-based. One was the post office that I shared earlier. Another one was the boba tea that I also shared that the students got to write the recipe and then make the boba tea. The students who are working with older kids did a visual activity where the kids are creating a visual storyboard and they had to cut out pictures without using any words. It's actually quite challenging. They had to come up with a story using just pictures. But everything has been really hands-on, so engaging, and it keeps the kids motivated. And it's a really nice way to show that literacy is more than just the formal essay that you're doing in school but it's all of these different activities and they're reading, they're writing, and they're very engaged. So again, I'll I'll share some of these on Instagram so that you can see them, but they've been super successful so far since we started in January. 
Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope that these ideas about writing have been helpful for you and I will be back in two weeks. But until then, have a great rest of February. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is Elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.